uh, you buy your ledger, you're trying to do some uh, things with small money. And then you see, oh, whoa, on uh, ICO. So that's basically the first moment you can invest in a new coin. So that's, yeah, in a coin offering. And uh, yeah, you saw crazy amounts of, of 100 times, 1,000 times. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to find my hidden gem and just go for it. So uh, yeah, I made some money with Ripple. Uh, it was a crazy, cra- crazy road as well. And uh, really a roller coaster from 60 cent to 360 dollar, then back to uh, 30 cents. Whoa. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, <laughs> but I was, funny. I was really like, well, okay, I have to be first, but then boom, uh, it was many frauds, many scams. Yeah. You guys know all about it. Right. So, so were you initially right away, like, uh, convinced of the technology and, and what it was going to mean, or were you kind of hesitant at first? How was that for you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice question. It's uh, because I'm a chartered accountant. I'm, I'm really skeptical, uh, yeah, precautious uh, from nature. Um, so first see, then believe. Uh, but I did understand the potential of Bitcoin and especially the, uh, the, small, the small contributions we make as an individual can have a major impact as a whole. Um, so in the end, we decide what the value is together. And, and that's for me, um, yeah, yeah, 2017, 2018, I began to realize from, whoa, uh, we can make a new economy here. So, uh, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, especially the years after, uh, I kept on reading and, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a chartered accountant as as a profession, so I uh, audit financial statements for family-owned businesses. So I see different companies uh, a lot in my regular job, uh, but I kept my interest on the crypto space. So yeah. Right. So, so did you get into those uh, ICOs with the uh, potential to 100x and then get out, or did you really believe in those projects? Like, was it a long-term vision for you, or maybe a short-term yeah. grab for? No, I definitely, definitely uh, was there for the, for the quick money, uh, I guess, <laughs> at that time. Right. And um, <laughs> yeah, later on, yeah, yeah, I think everyone, yeah, it's, it's just a kind of a fairy tale, you know. You hear people, but did you do any research at that time? Yeah, we did. We did. I had a little club uh, with a WhatsApp group. And uh, so we decided together, for, okay, we, let's go into this project or then the next. And yeah, I actually uh, still have one ICO that's called uh, Travela. I, uh, I really like uh, the concept as it is a really uh, in real life case business with, uh, with the travel agency. So I still believe it, uh, believe in it. Uh, but for me, when it turned, uh, was really when DeFi came up. It's in 2021, I guess, 2021. And with decentralized finance, I was like, "Whoa, this this is a whole new whole new whole new space. We can just uh, uh, make transactions uh, permissionless. We don't need a sex anymore, central exchange. We just have uh, our own liquidity pools, and uh, we can just help each other by depositing our Bitcoin and Ethereum." Uh, so I began really to experiment uh, with that concept, uh, the yield farming with leverage, and uh, yeah, it was it was such an exciting time. 
So for me, that was that is, is really that still important. the part of Web3 or that, uh, is that yeah, still well, the part of Web3 where you're most interested? Uh, well, yeah, uh, DeFi, I think it's a bit different than the Web3 thing uh, because Web3 is, is more about decentralizing like all digital assets or the whole internet, how we know it right now. So for instance, with Web1, we could only read on the internet. And um, it was a huge development in that time. And later, uh, Web2 came. So we were able to interact. We could uh, include content. We could make posts. But in the end, uh, Wikipedia, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they, uh, they uh, benefit from our contributions. So that's also a scary thing because they have like really smart, uh, yeah, uh, IA driven uh, marketing uh, concepts. So we as a person are the product. And uh, for me, uh, in, t- in late 2021, 20, uh, the NFTs came up uh, where we can tokenize assets. So we can become owner again of the whole internet and the space uh, as we know it. So that's, that's for me, uh, was it the main twitch from, hey, okay, uh, uh, this is a huge breakthrough in uh, technology. That's exciting. And um, at some point you got involved a little, little more heavily than simply buying up the ICOs. When did you go the entrepreneurial route in this space? Um, yeah, well, in December 21, um, uh, I helped another company, an NFT company, and uh, especially from the legal uh, part, financial part, uh, yeah, and it's a really um, intelligent uh, co-founders and have a really big vision and the uh, real crypto punk OG. Um, you could learn a lot from him and he, what happened, uh, was, yeah, they, they just started, you know, they just started with the company and, uh, making NFTs, selling, making a roadmap. It was, um, and I have invested in them as well. Uh, but at the point they made revenue. So they were millions and it was like, okay, what now I want to buy a house. Uh, Harry, can you help me? So that was uh, the question. And, uh, for me, it really, uh, yeah, it was the point to go down into the rabbit hole uh, to help those guys out and uh, at least um, show them the way to do it all uh, legally and uh, fiscally most optimized. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm really satisfied it all uh, helped out for them and um, they're just legally registered in the Netherlands. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of proud of that startup as well, that they're just doing it in the Netherlands as many Many co-founders say you have to go abroad. So, uh, yeah, so they making... Yeah, take, uh, take us along. Hmm? Take us along on that ride. How did, how did it go uh, for them? How did you help them out? What structure did you sign them up with? Here yeah, so I really um, help them with informing, uh, informing about the risks uh, there are in the, in the legal... Um, yeah, space uh, with, with legal entities, because in the end, if you do nothing, you are personally liable. And especially when there are uh, large uh, numbers and you have uh, a company or you're operating a company, uh, you prefer to mitigate the risk, but uh, that's one thing. But on the other hand, you want to optimize your, your net profit. So, uh, and if you do nothing, um, then you're basically 
uh, are in uh, personal income tax, which has way higher tax rates than when you're uh, situated in a uh, private company. Uh, to give you an indication, above 70K, you pay about 50% tax on your income. So, and in a private company, you That's pay crazy. for the first 400K, about 15%. And above that, you pay 26%. Um, you have some different tax structures as well, but especially with larger numbers, it's way uh, more beneficial to be in a private company. So um i gave them insights in it and um and in the end we concluded okay you could best uh join an uh, accounting firm um so yeah it, it worked out pretty well uh, for them Amazing. So, so what yeah what business structure uh did that end up being was there uh, a large discussion going on about that was it hard to figure out and what made that decision um, yeah, well, there are different ways to structure it. Um, uh, I can tell you a bit more about how I structured my company later on. So uh, um, uh, maybe we could do that uh, later, Jelle, or yeah, or I can dive yeah, into yeah. it uh, right away. No, uh, it's okay. We'll we'll get there. We'll um, get there. Yeah. I, I, I'm 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 really wondering, like. Um, we talked a few times and we're like investigating what, what would work for our company as well. Um, like if, if we would want to build out the B of business in the Dutch Web 3 ABC, what would be the right route? Like we're going to start off with two people. Uh, we want to onboard the community. We want to uh, make sure the community is well fed. So we want to... Uh, mitigate their costs in a way like uh, we don't want everybody to only be there on own accord and, and, and need to pay yeah. their own gas and all those kind of things. Um, what kind of structures should we be thinking of and what, what are the risks and what could you just yeah, elaborate so, a bit on that? We're yeah, just definitely. really interested. So uh, from, from what I understand, Bo, maybe you could uh, explain a bit more about it, but uh, the main services will be consultancy for other projects, um, I suppose, and uh, maybe a DAO uh, to, um, yeah, to, to, to yeah, incentivize the community. Yeah, but it's more on the community side. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the first thing is, uh, yeah, how much revenue do you expect? Uh, because you have like a fist rule, um, well, below uh, 150K of revenue per uh, person, uh, you better can be in the in the in the partnership model, so uh, in, yeah, just in, income tax um, um, we call it in Dutch. And uh, if you have like larger revenues, uh, so if you receive bigger assignments, uh, you will go. Uh, it's better to be in the in the private company in the BV in the in Dutch. So um, that's that's okay. the first thing which is really important uh, regarding liability. Uh, yeah, do you really have uh, empl employees in your company? Uh, that would be a risk, right? So you don't want to be personally liable yeah. for for illness of, of people. But as long as you don't have uh, employees in your company, then uh, it might be uh, yeah just wise to start uh, small and then go bigger. Um, 
absolutely. Yeah, so that that's one thing. Um, if you want to, yeah, include a DAO. So you want to have uh, want to yeah have people help you with certain tasks in, uh, for instance, consultancy or whatever smart contracting or yeah i don't know i just call some things uh where you might need help from others um yeah DAO could be helpful to to onboard them and um yeah maybe a, a kind of yeah corporation would be uh, in place as everyone who contributes um uh, is a member of the DAO of the corporation but yeah it's still quite difficult to yeah to what extent how much uh, um, stake do you have and uh, so there are some difficult uh, barriers to to um, yeah to encounter and, and yeah and and starting a business together i know it with my um, with my co-founder it's like you're getting married so it, it's a serious thing Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested in like, um, how did you guys do the? Uh, did, did you do it fifty-fifty? Uh, did you start it on your own and and get him involved later? What was that dynamic? Yeah. So um, yeah, I got all those questions from the the other NFT project, and I really got an insight of how they did it with uh, which people they they they, uh, they set up the company, um, and I was like, okay. Hell, I just I just go for it. I I'm gonna do the same, uh, a similar thing, and um, so. So you started and, uh, an NFT project with your yeah, co-founder. Yeah. So I, I I went to my neighbor. He's uh, he's actually my neighbor, and he's an heavy deaf. Uh, oh wait. And uh, it's really a really funny background. Uh, when he was twenty, he made his own uh, hacking software. And uh, yeah, he's brilliant. And it was downloaded a million times, especially by couples because they didn't trust each other. So it was so funny. What, what uh, kind of software was it? Yeah, so you, you installed on your Windows and you could actually see uh, what your partner was doing on the internet. So sending messages, oh. you could read it. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. One million downloads. So this was uh, really impressive. And uh, yeah, he's always, he's very innovative. And I was like, um, have you ever uh, built anything uh, with smart contracts? And um, he said, no, I, no. And I was like, okay, but could you do it? He said, yes, I can. Okay, we're going to drink uh, coffee. So uh, so that's where it all started. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he was really enthusiastic. And uh, yeah, he went down into the rabbit hole, uh, working with smart contracts, uh, with uh, the newest smart contracts as well, at Optimus gas fees. Uh, so we made really uh, some progress uh, in that as well, uh, because we want to do an airdrop, for instance. Uh, but also a DAO for factionalized uh, NFT uh, is also possible. Uh, so yeah, we are convinced we can do anything with smart contracts and that gives us advantages. So back to your question, uh, Bo. Um, so uh, yeah, we have 50% uh, share and um, to give you a bit more uh, insight in our startup, uh, we want to make a collection of uh, NFTs, uh, say 5,000 NFTs whatever uh, we want to make a 2d collection and later an airdrop with a 3d collection where people can go into the metaverse uh later on 
And uh, so for us, it's very important. Um, okay, how much revenue do we expect? Um, how are we going to structure it uh, with the IP rights and uh, the royalty rights of, of the artist? Because we have a freelancer who helps us out with the artwork. And um, how, yeah, how, does I, that, how does that work legal-wise? Like, yeah, it's you're a very structurizing good... all these things and... Yeah, so um, uh, we we started okay, we started with ourselves uh, with a personal holding. So we both have a personal holding where we can uh, save our money. Uh, that's also the reason if it goes really well, uh, you don't you want money in your private company and not sincerely uh, in your private uh, wallet. Let's say wallet uh, because then you are in uh, the box three uh, tax regime and then you pay like. Again, a uh, half percent to one one point seven percent over your equity. If it's in the in your private company, you don't pay those taxes. So uh, it's it's uh, your so, personal so holding. So you both have your own holding. Yes, exactly. Sorry, yeah. you. So you've got two holder holdings that are managing something else. That's yes, what's so happening have, there. Yes, so we have, understanding. Yeah, so I'm gonna explain a bit further. So we both have a personal holding. Um, and we perform uh, management uh, invoices to our uh, uh, managing uh, company, which is um, uh, which which is we both have a fifty percent share. And um, in that managing uh, company, uh, we decided to include another operating uh, company below it. And uh, the main reason for us to do it is to optimize taxes. Uh, because uh, then, and then we come on the point of uh, the royalty rights of the artist, uh, and, and this is then a thing, I, I guess a thing where many people yeah, don't think about. Uh, but the author of an of a work of an of artwork um, has has rights, and you cannot just say, okay, make it. And uh, we sell it, and you, you don't get anything later on. No, on secondary sales, there are royalties. Uh, secondary sales uh, still uh, relate to um, actually to the artwork he made. So, although yeah. it's not our, uh, although it's our company, it's, it's his artwork. Exactly, but you own a piece. Yeah. Yeah, so it's you like can, you own you, can, you own yeah. the video of Mickey Mouse, but you don't own Mickey Mouse, right? Yeah, right. Bo. So, um, and and you have to decide uh, to to buy the rights upfront. So we we did something with uh, if it goes really well, the uh, the artist gets an extra fee. Uh, but I can you tell a story? It's it's really uh, it's really uh, interesting what happened with uh, the board apes uh, because they didn't arrange anything. And uh, the yeah. space was new and uh, the artist was like, okay, I'm going to help you with uh, the board apes. And it was a big success. So the company, uh, yeah, storytellers from, uh, from work, uh, not an um, artistic background. They made millions with, with the sales, secondary sales. But uh, the artist didn't, yeah, there was nothing arranged. So uh, yeah, you get discussions. And uh, but he's gonna say, yeah, wait, wait a moment. Uh, I deserve a fee. I deserve a percentage of uh, of the sales. And um, 
So yeah, and where's my cut? <laughs> I made this. <laughs> yeah, and 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 he's actually he was right. like, yeah, it's real yeah. world rights don't. It doesn't doesn't mean real world rules don't apply, right? Yeah, true. It's it's uh, uh, it's also the substance over form we call it in uh, accountancy. So um, yeah, it might be all incorporated in the legal entity of the co-founders. Uh, There's still uh, the, the the author of the artwork made a contribution. It, it it's his work, unless you arrange it differently, right? So um, yeah, for yeah, so th there are different ways to do it. Uh, but yeah, and the key takeaway uh, is um, be aware of it, and especially for artists helping co-founders out with projects, make sure you arrange it upfront, uh, make a contractual agreement. And uh, so that's what we did as well. And uh, everything uh, is settled and uh, to everyone's satisfaction. And I think that's the most important thing to avoid discussions and um, yeah, discussions uh, later on. Yeah, it's so, time for the industry to grow up a little bit and uh, get back to the, the old rules that, you know, we yeah. seem to have lost in this decentralized world. Exactly. I, I, I seem to remember the the, the part of uh, World of Women. They were discussing also, like, we want to give the IP rights of our World of Women to the people that own our World of Women. And uh, there, there was this discussion happening on the, um, the IP rights that that there wasn't any language involved because there is no language within the smart contract. So there's no language in legal law to uh, uh, connect the two to uh, uh, actual yeah. products like I, they couldn't uh, connect the IP with the uh, artwork because there was nothing into inside the smart contract and they couldn't uh, describe uh, the connection between the two in legal terms that, that was the main issue yeah. as yeah, I, 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 remember. I, I see what you mean Bo so if we look at the smart contract the technical part uh, the smart contract is it's just a pointer to a hosting service and at the hosting service uh, yeah the, the, the PNG file is uh, saved everyone can download it so the smart contract and, and the yeah. NFT the token is just like a certificate um, that you have the right a reference the reference to that um, uh, artwork so i get to the point uh, that they want to share their ip rights um, you see it there's a difference between ip right and um, yeah like the royalties uh, you have also something uh, so the, the get back to it the ip rights and the royalties is for the author you cannot just give it away uh, but what certain projects do, like Board Apes, but also the Lazy Lions, uh, where I'm a community member of, uh, they give the commercial rights to their owner. So uh, I buy my uh, my Lazy Hat uh, Lion, and I can just put it everywhere where I want. Uh, so in certain collections, I may not use it for my own promotions for my own company, but these projects say, okay, go ahead, just use it. So um, there are different there are different things. So you have like commercial rights, but you also have like uh, the IP rights and royalty rights for the, for the artist. And, okay. and, and yeah, and, and so like, and, now, now, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so, so now what if, uh, you know, the company says you get the commercial rights to this image, but then they didn't actually cover the back end well enough and the author still has the IP rights. How does that work? Can that cause some trouble? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting uh, question um, because the commercial right does not uh, directly mean you also own the royalty rights, right? Right. Yeah. So but you don't uh, have to to own the IP to get royalties, right? Or do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and and now the IP rights. Uh, is, is basically with, with a smart contract, you, you already say, okay, um, X percentage goes to this wallet address, usually the, the community wallets or the project owner's wallet. And then from there on, it's, it's uh, arranged further. Um, but you could choose to say, okay, it immediately goes to the wallet of the artist. There are different ways to, to uh, organize it. Right. But well, let's say in this case, Board Apes would have told you, uh, you can use your Board Ape commercially, which they can, because people have used it in shows and to open up restaurants, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and now the artist comes knocking on their door and says, hey, actually, I should get a piece of this this pie. Um, who's yeah. at fault here and what is what are the repercussions? Yeah, so th these are the, the commercial uh, rights of the, the board apes. So um, the board apes still has the commercial rights to use all the apes for their own uh, goods as well. Uh, they can still make a 3D version of it or post it anywhere. Uh, but the thing is for the secondary sales and the, the royalties is, is, yeah, there is uh, the thing where the money... Uh, uh, or extra money is, uh, yeah, it's an extra revenue stream in which the artist, uh, yeah, needs a piece of the pie. Yeah. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yeah. So how did you solve this problem? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I made a contractual uh, agreement, uh, with the artist and, and just elaborated how it works. So it is clear for him because it's very new for everyone. And uh, education is a very important uh, thing in uh, Web3, uh, I believe, and where we can help each other. Um, and um, yeah, to optimize it for myself, we put the IP rights because uh, we are the, 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 the author, basically, because we did also the coding ourselves. You can also say like, okay, actually, we are the author and you helped us with, uh, with the artwork. That's another way of putting it. So you, you have different arguments, but you have to come to an agreement to it. So uh, there must be no discussion and you do that with uh, yeah, the old world, just contractual agreements, uh, signing it by, with the paper and uh, make sure that everyone is satisfied with the situation. So next, uh, we have our managing uh, holding. So it's, it's here, the two personal holdings. Uh, and to optimize it, we, we basically say, okay, our, the, the IP rights, we put it in the managing company and we uh, make an intra-communitaire uh, agreement with our exploiting um, company and we say uh, okay you can use the IP rights so then uh, if it goes really well uh, you can see what happens I make revenue revenues in both uh, uh, companies private companies and then I'm able to uh, yeah to optimize uh, my taxes this this is very uh, valuable so, the operating yes. holding yeah, the operating holding is working with the rights holding. That's that's where yeah, the basically lies. yeah, the, the operating uh, company uh, is using the rights of the managing company. 
So yeah, and for yeah. every service you deliver, you have to pay, right? It's it's like an inter intercompany transaction. Um, and that's yeah, 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 yeah. The, the author's right, the artist's yeah. right. And this is very, very variable information so it... because this is not, this is not, I've never seen this uh, before and I, and I came up with it. Uh, so this is also a thing people are not aware of, of the possibilities. So for everyone so the, the, who's listening, just a quick plug. If you if you need any advice on your structures, uh, Hardy van Fleet, yeah. <laughs> call him soon. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm totally so trying to. Is, is the benefit? Do you find the benefit in uh, sharing the revenue between the two companies, which yeah. you know uh, costs you okay. lower can, revenues in, in both yeah, companies? Is that where the I can give a bit more insight. So in the under Dutch law with a private company. You pay 15% of tax, corporate income tax, for the net profit uh, to 395k uh, net profit. Everything above, you pay 26%. So if you can divide uh, your net profits under two companies, under two companies, then you can use the 15% tax rate twice. Uh, meaning you save like eleven uh, percent on three hundred fifty on three hundred ninety-five k. So uh, this is uh, yeah, this is a serious uh, thing to optimize your uh, fiscal structure. Do you understand right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I, I'm 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 trying to figure out like you've got the managing holding and the managing holding is is uh, ha is in an agreement with the rights holding um, and the operating the business uh, is being operated by the manage managing holding. The managing yeah. holding is selling or or facilitating the operating holding for the IP rights. That's that's what's happening. And then yeah. after everything is said and done, the management fees go up to. Different, yeah, so there, there are some extra things. Yeah, so there are extra things. Uh, so you can, for my personally, I can decide. Um, I, I go as an employee in my my uh, my exploiting uh, uh, private company. Yeah. Uh, but but the most in the, in the operating. Yeah, but the, the what more logical is uh, we have our personal holdings, uh, which provides management fees to our um, um, managing uh, uh, structure managing company and uh, the managing company is doing services as well so it is that one is invoicing again to the to the daughter company so you have like um, uh, intercompany transactions and um, in, in personal holding if revenue is made and uh, you can uh, invoice monthly for instance for your managing services uh, in your personal holding uh, you, you have your uh, your loan as a director as well so that's uh, on day you're on. Like and it's your personal holding. Yeah. It's your personal holding just an uh, Amon Sachs sole proprietorship or? No, that's a, that's a different thing. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, like uh, uh, the main difference is with a uh, private company with the BV, you have uh, more um, administrative uh, obligations. So you have a um, financial statement you have to make and uh, uh, with the Amon SAC, the solely private uh, or like a partnership, if you can do it together. Sole proprietorship. Yeah. Yeah. So that then um, you just um, 
give up your revenues uh, in your personal income state. So that that's that's um, yeah different tax rates. So then yeah, for uh, it's based on how much you uh, like when you're an employee in the, in the company, you pay certain uh, taxes above certain rates. So um, the rates are different. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah, and I can dive. Yeah, there's so many things, uh, especially when you sell a company and what happens, right? In the crypto space, a lot with startups, uh, there are reasons to, to have a personal holding as well uh, to save taxes as well. So, uh, that, but that's maybe a bit too much for now. Uh, <laughs> but it, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we, we, people can deep dive with you to create the best solution for them. Yeah, right. And, I think uh... yeah, and, and Bo, it's it's so difficult because every situation is uh, is different, and that's that's why you have tax advisors. That's why you have vet advisors. Uh, a vet advisor is actually something different. Uh, than the tax advisor. They both know so much, but I, had, I'm, I work at uh, Ruitenberg, uh, awesome uh, company with 280 people. We have so many expertise in-house. I can, if I don't know it, I can call a vet specialist. How do you think about it? Uh, a tax specialist, uh, how do you think about it? So we have so many uh, specialism in-house uh, and that's how we can be of added value to family-owned businesses. But in the NFT space, yeah, nobody knows. And also many people are no. afraid. Yeah, are afraid to take a position or are taking um, and they are also have the cowboys who say they don't they do know. Um, and that's also a bit tricky. So many people say, yeah, oh, just go abroad and uh this is fiscally uh easier and yeah, well it can be easier with less administrative um um yeah, administrative obligations, uh but you're still a Dutch citizen. So you have a risk if you're not doing anything there and you're registered in uh, Cyprus or Gibraltar or whatever, uh, you, have, you have a risk of double, of being taxed double. And and now um, it's it's still quite um, under the radar, but I think in a few years, yeah, it will, it will be a way different story. Let's talk a little bit more about that because we know, you know, some people uh, went to Dubai and it looks great, but uh, you already mentioned a few risks. What other risks are there? People just cowboying it out in the Wild West right now uh, and not taking care of their business in this, this sense. Um, yeah, it, 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 it really depends um, on, on uh, the type of industry because you have uh, larger companies who actually have different offices around the world. Uh, it can be beneficial to to put your headquarter uh, in a different country, but then you have easily uh, you can easier say, okay, I'm really present there, or I have my board meetings over there. So then uh, you can say yeah. I'm uh, uh, I fall under the law of, of Swiss, uh, for instance. And also uh, regarding coins, if you have a company with your own coin. Uh, yeah, it might be beneficial to go abroad because in the Netherlands it's a bit uh, more difficult uh, because it's not really embraced yet. Uh, it's tough to get in a bank account, uh, but still it must be possible in the Netherlands though. So uh, the same risk applies if you're still here in the Netherlands, then 
you 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 belong to Ditch Law. So I, I find it so fascinating, Hari, that you're you're always every time I talk to you, you're like, okay, yeah, I know people have e the easy route uh, abroad, but how can we make this work within our small yeah. country? What? How can we make this work? You're always pushing like, okay. It's nice and easy, but I want to do this for a longer time. So I need to figure out how it works here, and I need to be a part of the conversation. And that's pretty exactly. pretty strong. Um, yeah, thanks. So yeah, I, I we we met we met uh, Fatih earlier this year, and uh, he he said the same thing. Like, okay, but guys, make sure to pay your taxes, right? Because if you pay taxes, people know you make money. And when you come out, out for a loan and the government sees that you're you're asking for a loan or the bank see that and you never paid any taxes within the Netherlands, they're not going to help you. They're like, yeah. okay, this is this is weird. This is very weird that this man is riding in his Lamborghini and has never paid a dime of taxes in his life. Yeah. They're going to hunt you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's so right. And I really believe to be in the, uh, indeed part of the conversation as a project owner, be proactive, uh, go to the tax authorities, uh, onboard a uh, specialist who can help you with the taxes and uh, just uh, just embrace the conversation. Uh, in the end, we will be part of the legislation, but not if we run away from it. So, uh, yeah. Well, even worse, you, like you mentioned before, if you run away from it, you're going to be personally liable and, uh, you know, yeah. that will lead to more trouble. Yeah, we yeah. were at uh, DBC, right? And they talked about the DAO structure they're, they're thinking of. And uh, we, we touched on the subject of, yeah, cooperation would be uh, a, a, an option, right? And yeah. A lot of people came like, yeah, but if you go if you go to go abroad, the discussion is over. <laughs> that that no. was the, the comeback for everything that was said. Yeah. <laughs> and and people that didn't actually uh, create a company uh, with an actual uh, entity, they all were uh, stampled as a, a what's it called a vennootschap onder firma, a, a VOF yeah. in in the, the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, partnership, and, and they would be uh, personally liable if you were part of the DAO. So that's a really fucked up situation right there. <laughs> that's that's awful. You don't want to be a part of a Dutch DAO if there's like nothing, nothing right. there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it was uh, really nice spoken indeed on the on the conference. Uh, yeah, and, and he's right. So uh, make sure you arrange something, guys. That's uh, a key takeaway. And uh, yeah. And you mentioned earlier uh, we could get into a partnership for, for tax reasons. Um, how does that work with fr freelancing? Like if we want to have freelance uh, on a freelance basis, uh, get people from the community to work with us as well. Let's say we do the uh, academy side and we start to do education. Can that be part of the partnership, or would we then need to upgrade to a, a buffet? Uh, how would well, that work? You can just um, um, actually an, a freelancer is is you can see it as a supplier of your company, so they just invoice you an amount, and whether you are in an, uh, a partnership together, Yella and Bo, or uh, doing it from a BV, it's both possible. Um, but especially, uh, I think it's smart to work with freelancers uh, in the beginning because you don't. Um, have the burden of employees on your payroll. You don't have the payroll for people 
uh, if people are getting ill. Uh, when you're considering uh, when it's going well and you, you have people uh, on the payroll, then then it might be a rice thing to go uh, in, the, in the beefy and then private company to uh, mitigate your uh, personal right. uh, risk. Yeah. Does that answer your question? A very yeah, specific then. question here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. And, and to follow up with a very specific one as well, um, if we were to provide uh, services before we have this structure, would that cause any problems or could we invoice later and do things like that? I mean, just asking for a friend, you know? Uh, yeah, just, um, yeah, you could do it, but um, it's quite tough to invoice if you're not registered at the Chamber of Commerce. So uh, I think just an easy way to start is uh, just go to the Chamber of Commerce. You can do it both separately. It's like 50 euros uh, to, to onboard. And then you have like your Amon sack. Um, and then you have like an, uh, a number, Chamber of Commerce. You can uh, have enough. VAT uh, number so you can uh, pay your taxes. It's it's not that difficult. Um, so I think that's the best way to start. And when it's getting bigger, you can go to the BV, to the private company. Uh, that that might be uh, like a next step. But for me, like uh, for me, uh, cool. if we if we have like an NFT collection and you have, it's basically a sellout from one moment. So you make a lot of revenue or you make it not. So I was like, uh, yeah, go big or go home. So I, I made an, uh, I made the whole structure already. So if it's going to work, I want to have this structure to optimize it. So that are my own considerations. But for everyone, it's different because with setting up such a, a structure with four uh, companies, um, I have lots more work with doing uh, my, uh, my VAT uh, each quarter for four uh, entities uh, my uh, obligations are um, more tough but it's for me easy because I, I, I I'm familiar with it uh, but still also setting it up with a notary uh, it's like 800 to 1000 euros per legal entity so uh, the costs are also higher and especially when you're not familiar with the yeah, rules but you're well prepared so yeah yeah so you also have to consider from oh, yeah, what advice. would the revenues be, um, and yeah, what are my risks? If you don't have pay, if you don't have uh, any um, uh, people on your payroll, then I say okay, it's okay to start from from like um, the yeah the Amos sack. Right. Bo, do, do you have any more questions on, on this subject, or because I would love to hear a little bit more about uh, you personally as well and, and your thoughts on some other things? Any uh, other questions on this side, Bo? Yeah, I was I was really wondering like this is mainly the business side and like okay the financial part. Uh, I was wondering like what what kind of things were you considering uh, before providing the products? Like what was the process of 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 placing yourself inside of the mind of the customer and, and figuring out how I'm, I'm, am I going to provide value to that customer? Because basically you're selling NFTs if you're launching your yeah. own product. How much different is that from just providing your uh, legal skills? 
Yeah, it's a very uh, good question, Bo, uh, because I think the better projects are, I, I think we agree all about it, the better projects are the utility tokens. Uh, I see I see NFTs in two things. So you have like the artist, so people buy it especially for the art or it as, an, as a famous name. So you can sell it as, an, as a collectibles item uh, as its own. And then you have like the, the utility tokens it's on the other hand and yeah we want to be part of the utility tokens so and on that side uh we uh, really want to add value on providing uh, alpha information uh, as i mentioned alexander uh, is a brilliant guy who can uh, develop everything um so uh we're actually um uh yeah um, thinking about and uh, searching for ways to install the ethereum node at home um you have software for that and then you can uh, download all the transactions. It takes three weeks to download it from 2011. So you have everything, uh, all the data, all, di all data on board. And then we can make uh, data analytics, uh, track wills, track, um, track collections, floor prices, uh, volume, uh, yeah, sweeps of the floor prices uh, from uh, big wills. So you can see where tractions uh, actually uh, rises. So, um, it's very interesting to to get the data on the table and then if we could inter yeah if we could explain the data to our community it would be of huge value so you actually we can give tips or or they can do uh their own uh due diligence on the project without uh yeah with saving a lot of mo money so for instance i um for instance another example uh we're currently working on a tool to uh, to get uh, insights on how many cross-border collections there are uh, of big projects. So if uh, CryptoPunk holders, uh, Doodles, uh, Board Apes, uh, you name it, uh, they have a when, new when they own coin. multiple. Yeah, uh, if they also own like a new collection, which is only a week in the market, it it it, it might be something because there are always people with uh, with influence. Who are, who are onboarded. So it, it, it's a kind of indicator for a kind of hype. Uh, so if we could track that information from the blockchain directly, it could be of huge value. And, yeah. uh, and that's, yeah, so, that's so not using the API from uh, OpenSea or anything like that. You're using yeah, the, so API your own is, API to, to call. Yeah. Yeah. API is one thing. Um, uh, so we, we have that as well from OpenSea, uh, but I think you can do more with, uh, you have more data if you have the whole blockchain. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's really uh, interesting. And um, yeah, so what we did now, uh, we just, uh, because uh, we first want to develop these tools. And so we put the project a bit on hold. We're still there and the collection is finished and we have a website. But uh, we just want to launch further when we actually can provide it, the, this utility. It would be so uh, awesome. And also to, to educate people. People can ask me about anything, about yield farming, about uh, yeah, how to, to mint from, an, uh, from a smart contract or uh, whatever. Uh, because, yeah, the knowledge is there. So, uh, yeah, and I want to share Are you going it. to join our uh, Academy kickoff, Harry? When is it, Bo? It's Monday around, um, I think three. Okay, is Just it in real life? It. Just uh, yeah, is, if it's, 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 it's not in real life, it's okay. online. We we created some breakout rooms. Might be okay, interesting yeah. for you as well. Just think about it. Um, 
I, I was just just want to go a bit further. Um, what 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 are like your personal interests at this moment in time? What, what what's the thing that's pushing you forward? Like you're an accountant, you you quit your job basically, right? You're still providing value within the accountancy, but um, you went full in entrepreneur. Yeah. So what, what keeps you motivated? What what are the things, the income streams? What what are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, yeah, for so I'm still uh, I'm on sabbatical uh, theoretically with my uh, co with my current. Oh uh, um, right. So so I'm still involved. Uh, especially, I'm, I'm a chartered accountant, so I'm actually registered in 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 an uh, so I have accountability with my name, and uh, yeah, they they give me a lot of uh, freedom to explore uh, also in blockchain, and I can also uh, learn uh, my accounting firm more about blockchain as well. So they they really embrace what I'm doing, and they see there's a future there. So they give me the time and space uh, just to explore further in Web three and just go down the rabbit hole. And um, yeah, I, I that's uh, amazing. Yeah, so I have yeah, and I'm, I'm lucky to say I'm not dependent on uh, anyone uh, for the moment. Uh, yeah, for, for the yeah, so I I can really just be persistent, just go, uh, keep falling, standing up, falling, standing up, just go on until it works. And yeah, one of the main struggles, Bo and Yella, it is uh, the whole social part and the social influence because. You know, I used to be in financial statements like all day, you know, talking with people about processes, uh, about how, how is the company structured, arranged, uh, are the risks within the process. But uh, social media is so binary. Is, yeah. And, and the space, it's so much about social influence. I did analytics on projects. Uh, I saw, saw projects with 200K budget. They didn't. Uh, sold, uh, sell a dime. They didn't sell anything. I saw projects with uh, zero marketing budget and they just uh, became an, um, a blue chip NFT project. So that's very interesting from how do uh, how are the dynamics and why does uh, one thing work and the other doesn't? It's not always that the best so project... Now you're almost into psychology, yeah? Yeah, true. You're almost into psychology. Yeah. I think a big part is uh, psychology, That's cool. right? Yeah, yeah so... I would say so. Do, do you see that as one of your biggest challenges as well, trying to figure that out? or? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, one of our biggest uh, challenges, especially a uh, personal challenge. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, you know... If you have a lot of followers, um, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit, is, yeah, it's 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 uh, two things, you know. I, also, I know, hmm? oh, sorry, Harry. Yeah, so you have to provide sorry. utility, right. right, both for your community, and uh, you don't want to make, uh, you don't want to earn from your community. Uh, I think we all agree on that, but on the same time, and that's the, yeah, you want to build community, but you don't want to build customers, right? Yeah, but but in the end, they are also your customer. That that's yeah, that's also true because otherwise they won't buy an NFT with me. 
So, uh, and that's one of a very old marketing uh, strategy. Uh, also, Gary V, uh, he's providing a lot of value with giving information and the conferences. But in the end, he has so much following. And in the end, they are his customers as well. Um, yep. So it's, 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 it's very hard to, to reach that point that you have that knowledge, that you have the, the insights to share it and that people actually believe what you are saying. But in the end, he doesn't make, it, it doesn't um, make, uh, how do you call it? it it's, it's, it's not about what he says anymore. Everything he says will be liked like 200 times, 300 times, whatever, a thousand times. So, and that's, yeah. and that's the difficult part about this crypto space. It's so much about social influence and also getting the right people yeah, behind that, you. It's... Yeah, is that something you, you see yourself uh, progressing in and, and something that has really gotten your interest? Or uh, do you want to put that to the side at some point? Like, is it really something you're going to focus on over the next five years, let's say? Uh, yeah, I think it will be a partial uh, thing. Yeah, from now on. Yeah, from uh, since since I, I really came, these insights, I have only, uh, I, I also learn like everyone else. And uh, everyone has a bigger, different background. So it's very difficult uh, to see where your weaknesses are, where your stronger points are. And um, yeah, it's just uh, one, uh, one hell of a journey. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, if, 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 yeah, if we can have like a community and you can help each other and um, you're credible and your credibility is higher, then it's, it's a lot easier to, uh, to start such a project. But yeah, what comes first? It's a difficult thing. And that's uh, with startups, it's always difficult in the beginning. We don't have any revenue. Yeah. What are your priorities? Could you elaborate on that, Harry? Just looking backwards at, at your own process and, and moving forward, what are the priorities uh, for a startup? Uh, I think the most important thing is the right people in your team. Uh, you, you need to be able to build a product uh, you believe in. Uh, so it's all people driven. Um, and uh, so we focused mainly on a product in the beginning and not necessarily on our network or uh, social influence or whatever. And uh, later on, I realized, okay, I have to be, uh, I have to be in a space. I have to see people, meet people. Um, how I can help others in the end, uh, they can help me, uh, back uh, later, you know? So, um, yeah. And if you can, yeah. And also find ways, uh, to share, um, I have an old saying from my dad, if you cannot share, you cannot multiply. <laughs> so, um, it's also <laughs> a nice, uh, thing to, to, to onboard other people and, um, yeah, and my main priorities now is 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 far more focused on the, the social part. Before I actually gonna launch and yeah. find the right partner. You, you touched on. Uh, yeah, you you touched on Gary as well, right? And and I think the main main thing about that is like he's guilting everyone around him into submission, like. He's giving, uh, providing so much perceived and actual value that people just have to uh, do something when he comes calling, right? And and 
I think that's his following, but it's also the people within his company. And I think he does the same thing as you. Like he focuses on good people around him and also guilts them in performing the way he would like them to perform. Yeah. It's 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 a very interesting uh, social dynamic. Yeah, that's well said, Bo. That's yeah, it's cool. So uh, it's also so cool to hear somebody else that um, moved from a really you know, let's say old not old profession but but something pretty um oh, binary um, it's it's ones and zeros it's almost like a programmer it's a right. ledger it's the a- In, actual old ledger yeah. yeah but then into a space that is so uncertain and and new uh it's really cool to hear inspiring but it made it made him also realize like okay it's ledger technology why is it ledger technology he went down the rabbit hole because of he he understands that registrating a certain information is is key to success, just to 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 keep a, a whole whole uh, country afloat, right? And I think that that made him move towards this. Could could you speak a little on that, Harry? What what was your incentive, and how did it click? I, I'm really interested in that part. Yeah. So for me, uh, I see so much potential in the. The, the gaming industry as well and the web three as a whole like we started our podcast with with yeah okay we, we become owner of this digital world and uh with gaming companies they own all the ip rights with fortnite 350 million people are playing it and they're making hours and hours and and getting collectibles and it's actually worth money because other people want to have their account and the big thing is we have two big things uh, because one is um, uh, yeah you need mutual trust to 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 send your account or to to sell your account to another person. So are you gonna give your password first or do you wait for the payment? So there you need mutual trust for a transaction. Blockchain is a solution for that. So uh, permissionless, um, it will be verified and it will be uh, transferred uh, equally. And another thing is uh, the tokenization of the 3D assets. So now we are making metaverses in the background. We're building and building and building. Uh, but we, as uh, as user, can be owner of it, at least for a little part of it. So it's way more easy to sell your, your assets if you're just done with it. Or, um, yeah, giving back to the people as well. It's... it's um, it's a nice. Uh... Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, if I was an accountant, I'm trying to to live in into it, right? And and I I would would see blockchain technology. I, my mind would straightly go to, okay, so everything I do on a daily basis, uh, on on rules and and taxes, I'm going to be obsolete if if everything financially wise goes on a blockchain. That, that's what where my mind goes. But yeah, did you I never you have yeah. that that idea? No, yeah, I don't. I, I embrace the technology because it can really help indeed with um, with uh, automatization of financial statements. It's, it, it can yeah. be very easy from a blockchain to make a financial statement, for instance. So reducing our work is indeed possible, but we still need people who understand the technology uh, and who understand um, who can provide the assurance assurance because I provide assurance in my regular uh, job 
to third parties. So you still need that uh, one person uh, who will account for it, who, who, who bears the accountability of giving the assurance that the, the uh, yeah that the figures are right and uh, faithful. So uh, I agree. It can it helps a lot. Uh, I can uh, some work can be uh, obsolete, but um, yeah, th- th- our my profession will never. Uh, Will never uh, end Cease because to, our profession started with with with, uh, with fraud. You know, in, in back in, uh, in the beginning of 1900, um, there were investment schemes. You know, people keep investing, and uh, the one person uh, collected uh, a lot of money, but he was actually Bonji. giving money back in return on investment with uh, other people was uh, giving the money. So he actually didn't make any. A return on investment it was just one ponzi scheme and then it was said okay guys we need a third party we need a third party who can uh, account for the uh, for figures and who just uh, gives assurance that everything is right and, and that's basically uh what a chartered accountant uh, is doing so uh, I, I agree um to some point <laughs> I'm still failing to speak because the blockchain could just uh, automate that whole process, right? And and be that trust, be that uh, yeah. accountant in a way. Transparency. Yeah, I see what you mean. Because it, it can also automate. Yeah, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you you can. I see what you mean, but there's still a risk of um, money laundering, for instance. So we still need um, uh, data analytics to. Uh, to find it uh, and to uh, to battle it as well uh, because it, it has an, right yeah and we, and we really need to go on the on the right path together and um, just put all the bad money out just track it everything is tracked on the blockchain um, so there's still a role for for accountants in my opinion and it will uh, stay that way. Because data needs to be. No, I think it, there is also. Yeah, I was going to say that it, it will also be a nice transition that you can be of great uh, value in uh, during this time, right? With your expertise, uh, tell the people how these new systems should be designed. I guess. Uh, yeah. To to function almost as an accountant or partially, where possible. That's interesting. I was wondering some of the, the, the relevant things that have been going on. Uh, we've seen some liquidity problems with some of the larger exchanges. Um, yeah. I guess accountancy has some uh, something to say about that as well. What is your view on that and what do you think is going on? Yeah, it's it's uh, that's one thing I really like uh, about decentralized finance. And uh, you have like the sexes versus the DEXs, the, the centralized finance exchanges uh, compared to the... I'm, I'm a fully uh, pro-DeFi. So I did, and this is another reason which say, okay, uh, I'm happy I'm not on that uh, central exchange. And um, in the end, we want to hold our own keys, right? We want to be the owner of our key to our wallet. We want to be the owner of the key to the house we own. So, um, and decentralized finance is all about that. Um, you're not dependent anymore on someone else. So why having all those central exchanges? 
I know we need it now for now for the, for the yeah. fiat currencies. But good, Harry, good, could could you explain a bit in uh, like uh, normal world terms? Like uh, central exchange is also uh, like a bank, right? We we had yeah. uh, um, economic issues and the banks couldn't provide the liquidity they said they had. That's basically what's happening, right? Um, just with that mindset, what happened with the, uh, the central exchanges? Like uh, uh, Binance is a central exchange, Coinbase is a central exchange, but you also have the smaller central exchanges. What's, what's happening? Just speak a bit against that and, and try to connect that with uh, the normal banking system. Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, one big thing to, to understand is with the central exchange, they, they own your, your wallet. They own your, uh, your private key. Um, so actually, it's it's um, not different than just like uh, your bank account, huh? yeah, right? right. It's 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 so similar from what we see from the current uh, financial uh, economy, and um, I think uh, Bitcoin um, was developed for the reason to become uh, autonomous, to become independent, to be different from uh, the current. Uh, financial system it's really uh yeah. battling against it you know and uh defi yeah, is just because another could, could you say what a bitcoin is what what why is bitcoin there it's it's to solve the solution that a bank couldn't provide liquidity say they say they have right well, yeah could, could you explain what a bitcoin does yeah so so um yeah, Bitcoin is just, uh, yeah, you have different views on it. Huh? So let's agree on that first. Okay, uh, let's go ahead. So uh, some people say, okay, Bitcoin, I see it as uh, more as like an uh, investment for, for as gold. Uh, but it is indeed an, uh, uh, a blockchain in which uh, new blocks are made and transactions are verified. Um, and nobody... Uh, yeah, the, the nodes are verifying the transactions and you do, we don't need a central party saying, okay, uh, we block your transaction because you paid an amount to X who, is, who isn't trustworthy. So uh, the whole central part for doing payments is cut out of the system. And um, if we go on with, with decentralized finance, you have Bitcoin as, as, an, as an, like a currency. You can see it as gold, but you can see it as a payment currency as well. Yeah. With DeFi, we're making liquidity And tools. Bitcoin was there. Bitcoin is like it was made because there is a double spending problem, right? That, that's the yeah. answer that I was looking for. You're going there as well. And, and now we go to DeFi. So yeah, Bit, Bitcoin is a, is a solution for the current... A monetary system like it's a currency that actually is if you have one bitcoin there's not the same bitcoin around it's all just one bitcoin backed by by the liquidity provided on the blockchain that, that's factual there's no discussion about it but if you go to the bank and you ask for your one euro they don't have to have your one euro because they can lend out 13 times your euro on your euro right that that's the yeah, situation that's right there yeah and that doesn't happen with a Bitcoin. No. So, so then we uh, started to de then we started to decentralize and um, take these keys into our own hands. And then Europe said, "Not so fast. Here is the <laughs> regulations. Here are the regulations." And they yeah. come up with uh, Mika, which are regulating crypto. And there's a lot of KYC in there as well. So now we actually have to identify 
and, and show each transaction that we're making. Do you see that as a threat? And, and where do you think, what steps do you need, do you think that we need to make to truly get to like a, a satisfactory DeFi system? Uh, yeah, so Mika, um, I, I embrace it actually. So uh, th there need to be rules also in the cowboy industry. And uh, especially for the money laundering part, I think it can be of huge value. Uh, because in the current system, also in my current profession, if I see payments of more than 10,000 euro and I cannot understand the underlying business rationale of that payment, uh, it can be fraudulent. Uh, so uh, that's the same in the cryptocurrency. If somebody is transferring from one wallet in somewhere in the world to another wallet somewhere else in the world, and you don't know the origin of that transaction, uh, that can be a problem. And regulation can help with identifying uh, and setting up rules uh, for requirements to performing a transaction because in the end we don't want uh, illegal activities in the end we need to pay taxes because our uh, yeah economy our government needs we, we, uh, we, knew, we need roads yeah we, we need, need roads, roads right? <laughs> so you need to pay taxes yeah and social security for instance you know it's uh, it, it, it are, also, yeah those are diff very important topics healthcare and um, so I really embrace Mika yeah, and uh, I think it's a good thing um, regarding the KYC, Yella, because you ask, okay, how, how does that work? Um, so there is a big, big difference there. in the current situation. We have central exchanges who need a uh, permit from uh, the Dutch uh, National Bank in the Netherlands uh, to perform such activities uh, because they have uh, wallets in custody. They manage... Uh, our wallets, the central exchanges, you have them again. <laughs> so, um, and with NFTs, it's actually a bit different because uh, with a uh, mint uh, of an NFT in, uh, on a website, um, yeah, a new, a new blockchain uh, block is made on the Ethereum chain, for instance, and then a token is minted with a pointer to the PNG file so uh, yeah, so the the pointer and what you, the token is directly going to your wallet. So I don't need anything to do with KYC. I don't need to see your uh, passport, uh, your identification, because yeah, it's in your hands already. And uh, we both agreed on uh, yeah, you would like to have the NFT. I would like to sell it. You know what you get. You see it, and uh, it's just like selling another product uh, using Shopify or another web shop. So, uh, right, that's my point of view. Okay, so so, so we so went to the central exchanges. Um, so, bank is a central exchange, and you've got the central exchanges on the market. Uh, they're popping up. You've got the big ones. You've got the smaller ones. What happened to the smaller ones, and and why is DeFi that much better? Yeah, so with, um, uh, you mean this, the smaller banks? So what happens with that, uh, uh, Bo? Or because that's I mean, the, 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 the central exchanges. Because as, <clears throat> as my knowledge goes, um, 
smaller exchanges that are centralized are being liquidated or yeah. the, the, the hedge funds or the, the VCs uh, that are heavily invested into the, the central exchanges. I think you know where I'm going, right? Yeah, I know where you're going. So what happens? Um, um, the central exchange, especially yeah, almost every central exchange does it. They stake also coins for a longer period of time, but they do it with money. That's yield, is that yield farming? Is that different? Uh, yeah, yield farming is a bit different. Uh, I will come to that uh, a bit oh, later. Um, but what happens with the central exchanges, and especially the smaller ones, is, uh, they okay, for instance, we, we decide to take uh, money and uh, put money on the central exchange. We buy Ethereum. And they say, okay, we're going to put Ethereum on the, in the staking protocol, the Ethereum 2.0, the stake proof of stake uh, system. So the central exchange is using our money to put it on the protocol. They say, okay, you get a bit of return on investment in that. Uh, not as much if you do it yourself. So they're getting a piece of the pie already. So you see what they're doing there. Uh, but then uh, yep. prices decreases. So what you see like in the bear market, Ethereum crashed below $1,000. And at the point they put the money in from Ethereum 2.0, uh, it was a way higher value but they are still obligated to pay their customers the Ethereum back because we, as, as a user of the platform, should be able to, to be in control of our money, right? So we want to take out the money yeah. whenever we want. But now what you see is um, the central exchange is getting liquidated because they're, they're, the Ethereum is, is staked is in the protocol and they cannot pay it back. And that's... Yeah, it's a huge, huge uh, risk for us as a user. So, um, and with DeFi, and that's, and that's, and that's, I really love the utopian model about DeFi because now we are providing uh, liquidity into a pool. And uh, so, if a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of Ethereum, uh, put it all together, so a third party is able to swap it for, uh, for Bitcoin, for an Ethereum. And uh, it's totally permissionless. We don't need a central exchange to do that for us. So now uh, everyone who has a stake can get a little piece of the pie of the transaction uh, cost. So if you pay like a zero two percent, it's all divided uh, among uh, the people who uh, provide liquidity, and that's uh, such a breakthrough and innovational part, which which can actually replace the whole financial system. Can you imagine? You don't need any office anymore, no, no bank uh, building, no uh, way less uh, employees. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that's for me, it's, it's, um, I think, yeah, you still need a kind of control framework, um, but, uh, but it's, it's such an interesting development. I, I find it so interesting. You're like, oh no, the bank, the bankers are going to disappear, but us accountants are here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Registered accountants. Yeah, well, <laughs> interesting. But I, yeah, rules, I, I, rules, I find it also very. Roles will be different, Bo, and I totally agree. Uh, and like also for gaming studios, earning models will change. With, with the old, uh, with having uh, the IP rights, uh, with selling a game, I think it really goes now to selling the NFTs and providing the game. Uh, so earning models will change. It's, it's, uh, it will... it's, a, it's a paradigm shift, right? It's a new way of thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a real owner economy. You said it yourself. The people become the bank. They they are in control of the funds. Uh, and, and I think that's a bit of the same thing with the gaming. Then, if if you're providing liquidity as a group, uh, you're in control. It's not not that you have to bring your money to a company that's going to invest your money. No, you're directly investing the money. So there's nobody in between. It's very interesting. I, I, speaking of it, now I understand why VC, there are big VCs rising that are all investing heavily in Web3 because they're actually afraid of the normal people providing that much liquidity that they don't get a piece of the pie. That, that's what's happening, right? Yeah, that's what's happening, yeah. I agree. So, so what do you what do you think we uh, what do you think we need to see in the next, let's say, two, three, to however many years until this is fully implemented? What are the next steps to to make this a worldwide thing? Um, I think we just um, keep sending, yeah, keep sending as a whole, uh, like the whole crypto space. We are with many uh, like-minded people. Uh, yeah, but we need to convince. Uh, institutes. We need to convince our friends. Uh, yeah, many people. How are we uh, going to convince them? Just by talking, like we do now, right? And just um, uh, conveying our message. Just yeah, just keep sending, keep sending the love, keep sending the the positive spirit and what it can actually bring, the the positive things. And when people are going to understand it, it can uh, really um, yeah become a revolution. I love that. It makes so much sense. That's what we're doing right now, like you said. Yeah. I hope somebody uh, picks picks that up. You know, I hope somebody's listening that hasn't uh, gotten into contact with crypto and, and DeFi before, and, and and now is gonna dive into that rabbit hole. But That'd this really this cool. was a really uh, really heavy session on information. So if you have any questions around the subject, you and you want to dive in deeper or you want some more context uh join our community reach out to hari to yellow to me uh we'll just provide any assistance possibly right anything we're, we're open to connect absolutely hari is there anything we haven't touched on that you would like to mention as well no i just want to thank you guys for this uh invitation uh i really love talking to you and just brainstorming and uh, yeah spreading the world the worth of uh, crypto space in general. And uh, yeah, good job, guys. Love having you. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for, for coming on. You're such a great guy. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we're going to have to do this again. And um, hopefully sure. we'll, we'll see you around in the community calls, you know, the events. People get to meet you as well. Yeah, thank you so much, man. This has been really fun. Harry, Anytime, thank guys. you. See you Bye -bye. soon, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.